try again. All right, there we go. Thursday night, Kayak Fishing Radio, Buzzards Row, and Chip and Greg are out this evening. So this is Sean. I am covering for them, and thankfully, I am not flying solo this evening. I have with me Dee Kaminsky. Yay! Hey, Sean! Hey! Love to hear that. Uh, well, thanks for being here. Thanks for helping me cover for uh, Chip, who's off running around with the clone doing some uh, shooting competition, and uh, Greg, who is traveling this evening. That's awesome. I'm glad to hear that Greg's son is, or everybody's having a really great time, but here we are having our own great time. That's it. They don't know what kind of fun they're missing. Right? <laughs> So lots going on. Obviously, last week we were at uh, ICAST together, and we'll get into um, some interviews. So um, last week we kind of recapped some of the highlights. But uh, before we get into ICAST, any uh, any time on the water, Dee? You're always on the water. I'm always on the water. Um, after ICAST, though, I didn't do any saltwater fishing. I actually did some sweetwater fishing. Um, took some of our actual saltwater baits from 12 Fathom and used them to catch a bunch of uh, freshwater trout, both, or trout, I'm sorry, uh, both in bass and actually caught a really cute little pickerel. Uh, So, I mean, it was just fantastic to be able to be back on the water regardless if it was salt or sweet <laughs> yeah no we uh got on got a little uh little freshwater action our myself this past weekend our local club the florida bass paddlers and did their uh, monthly event and a little get together we um got out on sunday quite a few uh people out real good turnout got um went out with my daughter tara and we caught quite a few bass as well as a couple of crappie. And when I first caught the first crappie, I looked at it and said, what the heck? Stared at it for a second. I'm like, oh, it's a crappie. I didn't think we had them down here. Um, Caught a couple of real good-sized crappie down here in South Florida. So surprise, surprise. Well, that's awesome. And, And did you catch those on soft plastic or some live bait or what? No, caught them on uh, just a, a lipless crank, just a small lipless crank. And um, same thing, I was catching the bass on. And some of the other guys, it, it's a great little fishery we were in. There was guys catching big snakeheads, you know, six-pound snakeheads and a couple of good-sized bass and crappie. And nobody really caught them, but we saw quite a few um, 
peacock bass, and we a lot of Mayan cichlids in the area, but they were no one fly rod. We'd have, we'd have got some Mayan cichlids, but no one had one with them. Well, that's awesome. That is something I would absolutely love to catch. You know, I have a, a big bucket list of of freshwater fish that I have not been able to catch up north because obviously, obviously, we know fish are not uh, in the same areas. But I would absolutely love to be catching those kinds of fish down this way. Yeah. So. Uh the my daughter Tara was out. She got uh, she got herself three nice bass and a small crappie. Got a other couple of bass got away on her, but uh, she made up for it. We went down to our our lake here in our community last night, and she caught a she caught a couple more from the shore. So growing a growing to be a nice angler. All right, um, got a couple people joining us in the. Uh, chat room. Looks like Jean joined us. Good evening, Jean. Um, all right. So I cast last week. We um, A little recap. Um, in the meantime, we got all of the audio prepared, edited down, tried to, you know, now I will warn everybody before we get into the audio here this evening, there's a lot of background noise. The audio interviews were all done there on the exhibit floor and it's one of those things, you know, D, you were there, you know, you don't realize how loud it is in that exhibit hall until you step outside and you're like, wow, it's really quiet out here. Um, so that said, I think the uh, the quality came out pretty good. I mean, obviously everything's very clear, but there's definitely some background noise. So we're going to go over a couple of kayaks this evening and then uh, get through some of the product. Um, anything else you want to go over, uh, D, before we jump into our, our interviews? Um, no, I'm ready to jump into the the whole ICAST thing. I mean, it's so exciting, and, oh, my gosh, there's so many uh, different things to talk about. So let's go right into that. All right. Well, the two kayak companies that we're going to go through this evening both had some new product out there. Um, one was Native with the new Slayer Propel 10. Obviously, you're very familiar with that one. And then the other one was the Old Town Predator XL. So um, what I'd like to do is maybe go ahead and start with the uh, native. We'll go ahead and play the, the interview here. All right, here with uh, Woody from uh, Native. We're looking at the new Slayer Propel 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, uh, what's new with this one? Well, it, it's kind of an extension to our line of Propels. We came out with a 13-foot last year. It was very successful. We wanted to scale it down. We wanted to be able to, as oddly as it sounds, we wanted it something that could handle easier on land and in and out of the water, getting into the car, loading it up. The challenge was keeping the same capacity. We, we, we didn't want to make it for just a small person. We wanted this to be for everyone, guys my size, which is 260 pounds, be able to stand in, keeping it stable. So it, while it does have the name Slayer on it, Slayer Propel, there's a lot of design changes that had to happen. So we're really looking at lightness. We were able to cut weight down by about 15 pounds, so we've got a hull weight here of 69 pounds. It's the first and the lightest pedal drive designed specifically for fishing, so we're really excited. All right, so this one's a, um, a little bit wider than the standard Slayer Propel. How wide? What's the beam on, on the 10? Yeah, what we did, we extended. If you look at the, the stern, it's really wide. We 
It's about an inch wider than the 13, so you're looking at like a 34-inch wide boat. And we kept that width all the way to the stern. You'll see it's got a pretty squared-off stern, but that gives a lot of stability in a short package. And you still have lots of room in the back for you know gear, bags, crates, so lots of storage back here. Um, 34 inches, and that should be nice and stable for standing in. Nice and stable to stand in and still paddleable, and that's the key for us is to have that versatility of a boat that you can pedal or paddle. So we wanted to keep in versatility. We didn't want to get super wide at 36 inch range. That's, that just slows products down or boats down a lot. We wanted to get as much glide in 10 foot as we could get. And um, yeah, again, we're, we're real excited. The, the response to it at the show has been phenomenal, especially when people try to pick up an end and they're like, ooh, this thing's light. Yeah, well, that's going to make it easy getting out of your, you know, your truck or put it on top of the car. Uh, but other than that, it looks like the same seat, uh, same, you know, propel drive. Yeah, and we, one of the questions we get is, is how big a person can sit in this boat. I'm 6'4", 260 pounds. The cockpit area, the, the pedal and the seat area is exactly the same length and width as the Slayer 13. Okay. So we didn't change the cockpit. The, the length came off the ends. As you'll, one thing that people will notice is instead of having an open bucket trunk in the bow like the 13, we didn't have the room for that trunk. It, was, it got so small it was pretty useless. So we got a hatch so you can actually get to the interior storage of it. A lot of storage on the inside. Okay. Yep. See the uh, the, uh, the hatch up there in the front. Uh, yeah. So cockpit the same. Lots of uh, storage and no, oh, it looks great. Let's go fishing, man. All right. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, Woody. All right, well, there we go. The uh, interview on the new Slayer Propel 10 with Woody Calloway. Awesome. <laughs> the, um, you know, looking at it, they really did do a nice job keeping the hull very similar up front, that same, you know, bow, which, which does cut through the water pretty nice. But the back end, you know, I think the the decision not only shortening it but making it wider so they have that larger storage area in the back was was definitely a good call so haven't had a chance yeah, to, so to get on one but um, lots of storage it, it, it does have the same capacity as the Slayer 13 uh, it, the the wonderful part about it is that it's gone down to like 10 right so you got kids and you've got smaller people that are able to fit in there uh it it is a little bit wider so you can have heavier set people fit in there and you can also get your dog or even a secondary family member on there without um you know worrying about it flipping or tipping or going one way or the other unfortunately um, and or fortunately, I mean, you can look at it both ways. Um, the front half, because they had shortened it from the other version to this version, is the hatch cover is now like the offshore version hatch covers where it's that rubbery cover that then you can go lift that off and put whatever on the inside to hide it and it's underneath and inside the kayak versus actually in a structured uh, hull area that is sitting on top where you can grab and use a scupper. You no, know, the scupper doesn't even work in there, but 
it's uh it's open that way um the back half however is like the mariner version of our back half where you can actually have an open area and you could put product in there uh dry uh any kind of bag any kind of bucket any uh rod holder uh uh crates and or accessories and the version of the Mariner, it was an open-entered area, and water can come up in there if you were a heavier person and create a wet environment. This time they blocked it off, which is great, to be able to keep it nice and dry and quiet. It's a lot more quiet than what it used to be with the Mariner. So it works out really, really nice. Well, and I think they... They went in a direction that a lot of folks were, were interested in seeing, you know, a kayak go is a little shorter with the capacity. So instead of going bigger, heavier, more, you know, truncating it down to 10 feet and uh, what I think he said was like 69 pounds or something like that, maybe, you know, right. low 70-ish with the drive, Um you know, it's still very easy to just slide in the bed of a truck or, you know, put it up on top of the car and head out for a little while without having to, um, you know, lug one of the bigger kayaks around. So if you're just going to go out for a little while, you know, it's nice to have that, that smaller one. I mean, my, my kayaks are a little bit bigger, um, you, you know, and having a smaller, lighter one would definitely be definitely be nice. So I... I, I I'm glad to see that Native decided to go a little shorter uh, shorter with it but still have the propel drive. So. Well, again, back to, to what I was saying, we used to have, and they don't make that anymore, is we had a Mariner 10. And that alone, the Mariner 10 was actually very heavy for me. And now that they've actually done some minor modifications and whatnot and made it a lot lighter, I am so all about this pedal drive. It is way easier to carry and maneuver, and it's not even for a short time. I mean, you could go out all day long, which I have in the Mariner, with um, with this kayak. I mean, it's just phenomenal what they've done to make it a lot easier for people like myself. I mean, if you saw me, which you have, Sean. <laughs> I have. Little-bodied person to be able to pick that up is so awesome and so cool. So, yeah, I'm I'm all about that kayak. Well, I think they should do I think they should do pretty well with it. So, um, you know, one of the things we kind of touched on last week that I, I Maybe you can provide some insight, as I'd like to, if you know. The kayak manufacturers who were there, Save Wilderness Systems, were showcasing some of the higher-end kayaks. So uh, when you went by Old Town Ocean Kayak, it was they had a Trident, but it was pretty much all Predators and Big Games. Um, Native seemed to only have, you know, the Big Ultimate and the Slayers, Slayer Propels. Um, you know, Wilderness had pretty much the full line there. Was it just a matter of space and which ones do you bring and logistics, or was it we only want to kind of showcase some of the newer ones? Do you know? 
You're asking me you about know. marketing. <laughs> um, I, 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 you know what? I don't know about that. I just know uh, our product was new. It was specific. Um, it wasn't, uh, you know, beefy and bulky. It was meant for people that can go either way, you know, quick, like you said, quick, get on the water, get off the water easy to carry, massively uh, easy to pedal through the water and or, you know, back up, you know, because we have the pedal drive, the only pedal drive that can go forward and reverse. So, uh, you know, I don't I don't know what their statement is, but I, I just know that I think we did really, really great on the Native side in terms of uh, answering uh, everything that, Everything that we had our um, our consumers and viewers asking us to create a kayak to be, and and that's where that came up. So I don't know where they're at. Um, Jean's in the Jean's in the chat room, and she was just saying that from her side, you know, from from you know the old Talon Ocean kayak side, is that iCast is really about the latest and greatest. So I guess it's not really covering the whole product line, the, the spectrum of what everybody offers. It's around showcasing some of the newer stuff. So that, that explains why so many of the manufacturers only had the newer boats, some of the newer things there. Uh, and I guess that makes a lot of sense. And I think Hobie was doing the same mm-hmm. thing. So I guess that that's probably, probably the reason. Um, so... Um, the next kayak I would like to go over is the Predator XL. So I had an opportunity to um, interview uh, David Hayden with, uh, with Old Town there and kind of walked us through. So here is that interview. All right, here with uh, David. Uh, David Old Town, you want to uh, talk me through the new uh, Predator XL? Yeah, so this is the new XL. Last year at the show, we introduced the uh, Predator and Predator 13 model. Okay. They were very well received. We won uh, Best New Boat for it. Um, and as you know, last night with the XL, um, we just won Best New Boat and Best of Show. And Best of Show. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. It, it looks great. Thank it really you. does look great. Thank you very much. Thanks. Um, we got a lot of feedback from people. They loved the boat. Um, what they wanted was two things. One, they wanted it to be bigger, um, so we went with the XL size. This has a true 600-pound capacity. Um, the other thing they wanted to do was they wanted to fish more, and they wanted to paddle less. So we incorporated the 45 thrust and Coda saltwater electric engine in it. Okay. Um, so uh, that gives you about a three-and-a-half to four-hour range of fishing. You just work on a bunch of shorelines slowly. Um, if you're running it flat out, it's going to run about 45 minutes. Okay. Um, it has an indicator on it as well. When we first introduced our torque model, um, that didn't have the ability to let you know how much juice you had left. So, uh, you know, people were saying, hey, you know what, I'm on the far side of the lake, I couldn't get back or something, right? Or you carry an extra battery. Well, with this, you can see exactly how much charge you left so you know when you need to head, from, head back to the launch. Okay. Um, well, why don't we walk through the uh, the boat? I mean, obviously, just uh, some some new changes, but let's uh, start in the front here and, and yeah. work our way back. Yeah, so you see on the bow, you'll see the, oh, sorry, guys, you can't see, but you'll see the tip protectors on the bow, right? So if you want to use an upright storage, you're using rod holders or you're using a milk crate, um, those are great. If you want going under mangroves or you're going in tight structure, you can use the tip protectors and, and keep your rods down low. 
Uh, you go back to a quick click seal hatch. Um, that gives you dry storage for any um, oversized gear that you want to carry with you. Um, then you go back, you actually have six mounting plates, three port, three starboard. Um, you can mount any accessory you want on those and you don't have to drill into the boat. Now you get into the big feature in the center, um, that's the console. So on this, um, the Predator Minkota, you have the console with the 45 thrust motor. Um, you can also get a console that clicks in with a floor unit. Um, you don't want to motor that day, that's great, it's really popular with fly fishermen. Or on the base, um, Minkota, uh, on the base Predator XL, um, there is a utility pod, and that's just a console that you can use for electronics and dry storage. Right, so I've seen, I've seen all, all the options here. You've got the three, so you've got obviously the Minn Kota set up, and then you've got the one where this whole unit just pops out, and then you do pop in that flat floor plate, so the entire front deck is flat and yeah. free, right? Yeah, right. yeah, and, and for a fly fisherman, that's great. Down here on the flats as well, you know, if you're going to be fishing a flat today, you don't want to have the motor on the boat, that's a great way to go as well. Okay. Yeah. And then the other one is just a utility pod so that if you want to, you know, still not run the Minn Kota, but if you want to have things mounted, storage, whatever, you still have the pod up front. Yep, exactly. Now you're going offshore, um, you're not sure you want to run the motor, you're just going to paddle and do it, you want your fish finder on there, you want dry storage, um, that's the day to pop that, that okay. console in. So even with the Minn Kota setup, uh, behind the seat, you've got the battery and, and the, the full marine, you know, battery case there. Yeah. Um, but I, I, you know, you can still have room for another battery inside the the housing of the Minn Kota case, right? Yeah. So yep. your electronics, step finder. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So the unit that we have here, we actually have the Humminbird 598 unit on it, um, and with that, it's wired to a battery inside the console. Um, you can. Um, I, I, some people have tried to run off of one battery, but you get some disturbance, and it doesn't give you truly accurate readings on your fish. Finder. Okay. So a small battery in there for the fish finder, full-size marine, which goes in the battery case is included that's right behind the seat. Okay. So same high-low seating, adjustable seating uh, yep. on the other Predators? Yep. yep. Uh, high-low seating. It's nice on this boat as well because you have your console right in the main floor area, right? So if you're going to be standing up, it's really nice to have that flip out and give you that uh, flip backwards and have that area to stand up. Okay. And with the XL, I see you've got the, the rudder kit installed in this one, so obviously there is a rudder kit available for it. Yep. Yep. Rudder Kids standard on this. It will be standard. Yes. Yep. Yep. And it's uh, uh, it, right at, right from the factory like that. If you get the um, um, the, the the basic XL version, um, you can purchase a rudder kit and and install it yourself. Okay. And and that boat is all plumbed and all wired for the electronics. So if you buy that, you don't want to put them in at that time. Um, then two years down the road, you say, man, I should have gotten that Minkota motor. You can drop that unit in, and it's fully plumbed and fully wired and ready to go. Okay. Yeah. So speaking of the wiring, I see. Right up here behind the, the front hatch, you've got the, the plug where the, the whole Minn Kota console plugs into, and I guess that's wired to the back where the battery goes. Yeah, so. it just makes it easier to transport. You right. can pop those off easy, and, and uh, it makes it so it's three trips going back and forth to your car, your truck, your trailer, vehicle, but it just makes for a lot lighter loads. Yeah, and one of the things uh, I see here on the Minn Kota console is, obviously, um, I know uh, earlier in the show, before we got a chance to really take a look at it, uh, was the safety feature built in so that if somebody does pull the console up, there's a kill switch that immediately shuts down the motor. So it can't pull it up with the motor spinning, so good. Yeah, we thought that was a nice safety feature. I, <laughs> yes, I mean, it had the potential to be, uh, what, an old Saturday Night Live skit uh, or something, <laughs> right? So, uh, so uh, yeah, we def it, it pops right off. It kills immediately. 
that's also nice, you know, if you're if you if all of a sudden you're in some murky water, you see a log coming up, boom, you pull it up quickly, you can have that prop retracted in seconds. You don't have to worry about killing the motor at that point. Right, and there's a prop on the other side, so if you do get up on a flat somewhere, a few inches of water, you know, you can just pull it up, prop it, get in. Yeah, I mean, all these boats, these go higher volume and the extra, the extra width, you pull that prop up and you're suddenly floating in two, three inches of water. So it gives you a real shallow draft and great for fishing around here. Uh, so length and beam on this compared to the 13, are they the same or are they different? Uh, two and a half inches wider. Other okay. than that, the lengths are about the same. A little bit more depth to this boat because we're carrying a little more volume. Sure. But um, the lengths are the same. Um, the beam is about two and a half inches more. Surprisingly, though, you don't really notice that much difference when you paddle it. I uh, fished the boat in northern Maine a couple weekends ago and just fished it with the uh, Exopod in it. And um, side by side, switching in and out with the Predator 13, slight difference in speed, but not what you would think for a two and a half difference in width. Okay. Uh, the last question is um, uh, the price point on this. What's going to be the uh, MSRP? Yep. So the Predators this year changed a little bit. Everything's going up right in this right. world. But uh, $12.99 for the Predator MX, $13.99 uh, uh, um, $13 for the Predator 13. $15.99 for the Predator XL, and the Minkota XL version is $26.99. Okay. Sounds great. And again, congratulations. No, no, Beautiful thanks. Beautiful looking boat. Yeah, yeah. All right, thanks, All right, thanks guys. All right. A little bit longer, but that was an interview with David there. Um, it was just a lot to cover, so I'm glad I got the time with him. Um, one, of the, uh, one of the things he was alluding to there was the, uh, the whole Saturday night, you know, live skit. I had to, I had to ask Gene... When you look at it, the boats that they had in the product showcase area the night before had the Minkota drive unit up and propped up, but the safety cable wasn't in it. So when you're looking at it, you didn't see the fact that there was a safety. So if you pulled it up, it would automatically shut down the motor. So visual here for you all, you guys, is that imagine sitting in a nice chair. In between your legs, you're picking up a motor, and directly in front of your seat is a spinning prop. So, thankfully, that was not the case, um, and safety was uh, was included. So, uh, yeah. Other than that, it's you know, uh, same Predator um, paddles well, nice nice design. Um, you know, I, I think some people probably have the reservations, right? Just the price point. It's now you know, it's one of the the higher end kayaks. Uh, people have made the observation that, well, it's got an electric motor, now you have to register it. Okay. Um, but, you know, having that having that electric drive, you can just flip a switch and, you know, with a rudder system and just, you know, go in and not have to paddle, I think, is, is really nice. Dee, did I lose you? Yeah, no, not really. I, I You had typed something in the chat room that said um right d and i'm going what are you saying <laughs> what are you i'm trying to follow it and I, oh, the chat room conversation is not the same as what we're discussing here on air so the chat room oh. conversation is around being out on the flats and and having a, a nice boat and i was just commenting that the, the big rig was you know something that i had and just you can stand in that thing all day long and fish and you know be comfortable so Anyway, uh, back yeah, to the back yeah. to the back to the Predator XL. So, um, your thoughts on the Predator XL? Did you get a chance to go by and check it out? I did. Um, 
I, I actually the interpretation or the the way they um, announced it was that it was going to be a um, obviously uh, an electronic motor, but I did not know until uh, investigating a little bit on the internet that there were other um, inserts that you could put in there. Which Gene actually did a great job in explaining that you can use the motor and then some other inserts that make it worthwhile to um, to use in different uh, areas of fishing. So I was kind of impressed with that portion of it. Um, and there was one por- portion that I thought was very impressive was the last... Um, I guess, insert that you could put in that has absolutely nothing to do with nothing, but it makes it a completely flat deck, which a lot of fly uh, fishermen would enjoy. Um, I like that idea as well. And the Slayer does that, as as many other kayaks do, where it's completely open-decked um, because they, a lot of people don't pay attention to fly fishermen in kayaks. And I'm... I'm really thrilled to see that they're um, grasping the needs of the this this area. I don't fly fish myself, so um, my clients are looking for an open deck, so I'm always looking for something that's going to work for them, and my answer is always the towel. So I'm glad that they, that they answered um, that kind of question. Uh, I, I it's not, I'm not going to say it's a problem, but a uh, solution for that kind of thing with those three inserts. Right. The the inserts, I think, are nice because you may buy it with a Minn Kota drive, but then there may be times where you know you're not going to need it. You are going to be in shallow water. Pop it out, put a you know just a blank plate in there, and it does make the deck completely flush with nothing in the way. You know, and the big game is nice, but that's kind of one of my complaints is that center console comes all the way up. And while it's stable and I've tried standing in it, it, it kind of digs into my ankles and it's kind of in the way. Um, the Predator, you know, and we've, you know, it's one of the one of the, the boats that we have. It's, it's my wife's kayak is the Predator 13. You know, that hatch is much lower and it's kind of out of the way. But the fact that in the XL you can make it completely flush, I think is nice. And then, you know, the other one is just, uh, it, it looks like the housing for the Minn Kota, but it's just, it's empty, it's hollow. You can mount whatever you want and use it for storage and gives you that high console again. But, uh, you know, I think I think people who are probably looking at uh, that particular kayak are either going to leave the Minn Kota drive-in or take it out and go with the, the flat deck, for, like you said, for fly fishing. Um, as an aside, rumor going around one of the one of the the major kayak accessory companies um, may be looking to release a kind of a molded fitted blanket, if you will, that would cover the front part of a kayak uh, for four or five fly fishing. So we'll see if that uh, comes to fruition. That's but, a really uh, interesting. I mean, being a hard cover to cover your kayak, that's that's almost like saying I have to I think keep it's a hard cover. I think it's a soft cover, just like uh, something that would unfold and just cover over everything to keep the stuff from, you know, when you're when you're stripping line, it just kind of collects it. So 
Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, I wish them luck with that. <laughs> yeah. So, question in the chat room was an electric motor. Can you use it in the uh, the Everglades tournament, the uh, adventure fishing world that, uh, mm. that that Woody is sponsoring? And I don't think so. I probably not. But, yeah. Uh, I yeah. I I think it's a no motor. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll see. I can't imagine otherwise. People probably uh, you know stack up the back of that with some extra batteries and uh, just motor all day. Yeah. You know, speaking with them. Flat out, like if you just turn the motor on high and ran it, it's got about a 45-minute capacity, you know, range. So, um, you know, slower speeds on off, just cruising along. I think it, you know, last much longer, hour and a half, probably two hours. But they said flat out um, with a recommended battery size, it's, you know, 45 minutes. So depending on where you're at, you know, that may be enough. You know, you may, you know, paddle and get out where you're going to go or, like tends to be the case when I go out fishing some places, I end up drifting with the wind all day long and then realize I'm three or four miles back to the launch and now I'm paddling against the wind. So electric motor might be nice for that. So, all right, well, enough of my complaining. So, uh, the <laughs> you know, that was the kayak. So I want to get into some of the gear. And I don't know if you got a chance to walk around and kind of check out some of the accessories, the gear, and, you know, one of the things I was trying to do is walk around and talk to some of these folks and see, you know, are they beginning to recognize the kayak fishing community, you know, as a market? Are, you know, is that market showing up in there? How do we, you know, who do we cater to? The rod, reel, and tackle manufacturers, for the most part, and there's a couple of exceptions, but across the board, they tend to you know, make their tackle or their reels or their rods and, and, you know, target whether it's a freshwater, you know, rod reel or, you know, inshore or offshore rods. But the gear folks, talking to them, I was I, I was really happy to hear that a lot of them, you know, acknowledge that, hey, we see kayak fishing as, as a larger community and a growing segment and somebody who we are, you know, beginning to target and, and market to. Um, not an interview I got a chance to do, but one of the one of the cool little gadgets, if you will, that just made a lot of sense. That to me was just kind of one of those. I kind of had to show it off to everybody, and Gene will tell you she was in the booth next to him. This company made a little product called Get Her Back. It's a little yellow capsule sits underneath your rod. It's small, weighs about an ounce. Um, you just Velcro it on. If you drop your rod and reel over the side of your kayak, once it gets below, say, six or eight feet, the water mixes with this little packet that's in there, and it pops the capsule off, and the capsule has 100 feet of 10-pound test attached to it, and the yellow bobber floats to the surface. You can go over, grab the bobber, and pull your line back up and get your rod and reel back. I mean, I... I I know I've been out with people who have, have lost a rod and reel over the side. Um, you know, and that gets expensive. So the fact that you can buy this little $12, $15 piece, put it on your rod, doesn't get in the way. And if it goes over the side and you drop it, I mean, if you drop in two or three feet of water, you can just, you know, obviously grab it. But if you drop in deeper water, you're not getting it back. But with this, you know, it's, to me that was kind of one of those, 
wow, that makes a lot of sense. That's just fantastic, and I'm probably going to put one on every rod I take out with me. So. Are you looking for feedback for me? <laughs> I was looking for some. I was looking for some. But, All right. Uh, um, um, I'm with you. I, you know, I fish in one to five, one to five feet of water. The, um, so, yeah, it, it it doesn't make sense to me. But those offshore guys, oh, my God, they 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 have to be all happy about something like that. It's a small um, package to put on your rod and not that big foamy thing. I, there's some other company, and I don't want to knock them or anything, but there's some kind of a, a rod retrieval foamy thing that makes your rod float if it goes off um, it goes into the water and whatnot, but this is this is really really nice and small, compact. Doesn't make storage of your rods, you know, bulky and whatnot. It's right there. It's just so small and easy to go. So um, I was impressed with it. I saw it. It was it, to me, if I were offshore, that's definitely something that I would be considering to purchase for every one of my rods. Well, one of the things we thought about is I brought, you know, I got a sample and I brought it back with me and I was meeting up with some of the um, guys on our, our new South Florida chapter for Heroes on the Water. And, you know, a lot of times we're going to be out in fresh water and it's deeper fresh water. You know, for us, it, these guys are, a lot of them are going to be first-time kayakers or non-experienced kayakers maybe more prone to it. So for us, you know, making that investment to buying the gear, you know, we're looking at maybe putting one on every rod that we, you know, put on a veteran's kayak with them so that, you know, if one of them does go over the side, we don't lose the rod and reel. I mean, they're not going to be high-end rod and reels anyway, but they're still nice rod and reels. We just don't want to lose them. So I think we're probably going to buy them for that. Yeah, and everybody has their own situation, so you have to look exactly at what you're doing to make that a worthy product, yes. Yeah. Well, one of the other things I got an interview with, um, another just really cool product from the show, and I know I know you've seen this, is uh, Logic Lures came out with the new ceramics, the new you know ceramic-bladed snips. So I got a chance to talk to... You know Brandon Roberts over there, and just going over the product. And uh, let me uh, let me play the interview here first. Hey, I'm Brandon from Logic Lures, and I'm here to introduce the new ceramics braid and fly scissors with ceramic blades. There's no rust. It has a brass pin that holds them together and a plastic handle. Cuts braid like butter. And because ceramics is second hardest material to a diamond, they stay sharp. It comes with a lanyard and clip. It's a lifetime scissor. Never have to worry about washing it. So ceramics, braid and fly from Logic Lures. Yeah, so those are. Uh, I mean, those are really nice. They're small. They're compact. Um, where, where can they get them? They'll be available on the market in three weeks at uh, a lot of the Florida locations and also online at LogicLures.com. All right. Sounds great. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, so those were those were one of those things where I think everybody that's seen them. I mean, there's obviously been a lot of a lot of posts on Facebook going around on those on those things. Just 
makes a lot of sense. I mean, there's nothing on there that's going to rust. Plastic handle, brass pin, ceramic blades, it, you know, and, and Brandon was standing there with this little section of 100-pound braid, and he just went snip, 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 and just kept cutting sections off of it. Every single time it was a clean cut, it wasn't fraying, you didn't have to, like, cut the same area twice, and the fact that there's nothing to rust. Uh, I'm pretty sure anybody who does any sort of inshore or offshore fishing is probably going to line up and, and get one of those. Um, yeah, it, and um, I had just been asked to write a quick uh, a quick snip for um, kayak fishing or kayak angler magazine on what my favorite product was from iCast as far as gear is concerned, and I picked that. And it was spectacular. I mean, they could cut up to 200 pounds of braid on there, and I watched them doing it. It's the same thing. Since it's all perfect. And I talked to one of the guys, and they had tested it for over two years. And after two years of this testing, it still held up in terms of cutting the braid the same as day one. So, I mean, you can't complain on a product like that. I mean, we pay, what, 4 5 $6 for standardized Rapala, uh, Rapala, whatever everybody calls them, uh, standard braid scissors to... Um, then have to wash them down every time if they get in any saltwater uh, area from corrosion and or then oil them up so they last. And these forever, they will last forever. These are the best thing ever on the market. They're absolutely awesome. You don't have to worry about them at all. Uh, How can you go with any other product? This is the best. This is, to me, the most awesome gear product um, revealed ever. Yeah, and it's just simple things. I mean, it really is that, you know, especially for us, I mean, little things like this just make our life so much easier. You know, talking with Brandon there, he said they're going to be right around 20 bucks, $22, something like that. Right. You know, what the, you know, price is going to be. You know, some of the comparable snips, right. you know, like the um, – you know, there's some other ones with the old retractable cord and all of those. They're fifteen, twenty bucks now. You know, but first time you take them out in salt water, you know, they're going to rust. They're and, done, you know, right? And and they come with a nice lanyard. You know, you, you I mean, you can't lose them. You you're done. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. crazy the amount of money that you can get these at. I mean, twenty two. I think they were when I I talked to them. It was like twenty two dollars. Uh, <laughs> Retail, so I think that's phenomenal price for a lifelong product, practically. You know. Well, yeah, and it should be pretty much a lifelong product. I mean, you know, the ceramic blades should hold. Uh, ceramics a very durable material. So, now um, I, I think it was one of those simple little things that a lot of people are excited over. You know, nothing big, fancy, just nice, simple gear, kind of like the rod retrieval, the the snips. It's the it's the little things. Um, you know, earlier in the show, we were talking about. It sounds like both of us this past week got out, you know, freshwater fishing, and one of the one of the companies I walked by, and you know, it's kind of one of those things where you look at the product at first, and you're like, well, what the heck is that? And then you look at it, and you're like, oh, oh, hey, that's kind of neat. 
Um, there's a company based here in Jupiter, Florida, called RigWrap. Um, I don't know if you got a chance to, to take a look at them, but it's like a little—it's a little case that pops open and has this little oval full of slots. And you know, for any leader type setup or you know, a Texas rig, or Carolina rig, whatever you have, you can put the end of it in, wrap the whole leader around the outside of the you know the little oval, and then take your hook and flip it back in the inside and snap the case closed. I mean, right now I've got a couple of them set up, but they're in my Plano box. They're wrapped up, and I just hope they, you know, it just, it, it's not neat. But this is one of those things where you look at it, and it's like, oh, well, that kind of makes a lot of sense. And they had all kinds of different sizes. They had some big ones out there for, you know. Uh, you Offshore. Know, offshores, exactly. But to me, it was the, the smaller ones that, that you know, were, were pretty cool. So, right, and uh, and I've actually looked at them. Um, I think they came out om- almost over a year ago. I think they might have. I don't know if they introduced them at ICAST, but I've wa- I've watched that uh, company develop, and the reason being that I do or used to do. I haven't in a while, but did some flounder fishing on the inlets, and you want to pre-rig your rigs, obviously, before um, you get to the inlet. And I used to put them in these little, little tiny packets of, you know, plastics that I used to get from, like, Mustad or whatever, you know. And I I would pre-tie everything and throw them in there. And these things actually would have been probably a lot better for me than that. But um, being that I don't do it as often as other people do, uh, I opted to to bypass it. But I thought that... That was an amazing uh, a product to purchase if I was doing consistently and always pre-rigging and prepping for offshore kinds of uh, situations. Well, the other thing they had with them this year is they've got these little. Maybe they had them last year, but I, I didn't. You know, um, wasn't aware of them. They've got these little trays that you can take quite a few of them and snap in. Uh, you know, according to them, uh, they were looking yeah, at. It. Yeah. Yeah. So this mm-hmm. way, if you've got several rigs, you can just snap the whole bundle in and keep them together. Right. And here, let me uh, let me go ahead and play the um, little sound bite that I got from them here. I'm Glenn O'Brocker with Rig Wrap, and we're here at ICAST 2014. Try to give you a little description of Rig Wrap. Rig Wrap is a two-part plastic storage solution where you have a slotted spool and a cover lid. What you're going to do is you're going to take the end of your leader and you're going to put it through one of the slotted spools, wrap your leader around the slotted spool, and put the hook uh, or lure in the center storage area. Close it up, latch it, rinse it off. You can put it in your tackle box. You can put it in your pocket. And it's not going to, you're going to keep your rigs tangle-free. It's not going to come undone. We've got sizes that range from conveniently small to offshore extra large. Our biggest ones are over 16 inches long, and our smaller ones just a few millimeters uh, thick and, and long. Great, great product. And you've got, uh, and you've got a couple of, uh, you know, racks or trays where you can snap these things in for storing a few of them, right? Yeah, we've got some accessories uh, for rig wrap that make it super convenient, specifically our, our rig rack which holds 12 of our yellow, six of our orange, or a combination. Uh, and it comes with suction cups and Velcro straps. 
And for, for, for kayak fishing, it's great because you can put that like right next to you in your seat. You're not turning around for your rigs. You can pre-rig, you can go out, you can grab what you need. It's very, very convenient, very cost-effective too. Great. Thank you very much. You got it. Yeah, so you know another uh, another little Florida-based company there, and um, quite a few quite a few different sizes. So I, I think that was another one of the little neat products from the show. Um, all right, D, I'm going to move along here. So one of the companies that um, uh, you know I stopped by and was was Frog Togs. You know, Frog Togs obviously makes these, you know, rain suits, pants, jackets, a variety of things. They've also got waders. Um, you know, going in, I ended up talking to the um, the marketing uh, director for, for Frog Togs. And I asked him, you know, same question was, you know, about the kayak community, and, and he kind of lit up as, you know, some people you kind of tell is a canned response. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, we definitely recognize the, the kayak community. Other folks were a little more, Oh yeah, absolutely, and here's why. These guys kind of fit into that category, where, you know, when when I asked them, I said, you know, hey, what do you what do you what are you doing for, you know, the kayak community? They talked about some of their you know high visibility suits and things coming out. So, uh, before we get into it, let me go ahead and uh, play the Frog Togs interview. I'm uh, Jake Maples with Frog Togs. We are uh, a leader in lightweight, packable uh, rain suits that are non-woven. Uh, is our starting base model where you get our pro-action rain suit. And when it comes to kayak fishing, I know we have a lot of guys who I've personally talked to who are interested in some, some high visibility. Um, being based out of Gunnersville, Alabama, we have a lot of bass boats flying across the water. And when you're in a kayak, you want to be seen. Um, and we've got our road toad all the way up to our, our pilot suit, which is made out of three-ply wader material. And everything from Frog Togs is very lightweight, very packable, uh, waterproof, and breathable. Um, we also have a Java toad that really fits with the kayaking market when it comes to packability. It's got a very good hand to it. Uh, it's a 2.5 material. It packs down very small and really fits the space requirements for a kayak fisherman. Uh, probably better than anything else out on the market or just as well and hits a price point of $59.95 which is really great. Yeah, for rain suit. And with this one it's got the uh, it's like waterproof zippers and all It's that. got waterproof zippers. You'll find the waterproof zippers on our uh, 3-ply pilot series. Um, the only place you won't find it is on some of our non-woven stuff, but you're hitting a 19.95 price point, and and that's something you can throw in your kayak, leave for a couple months, and just pull it out when you need it, and you don't have to worry about it. Um, and we've got a lot of really good uh, stuff. Our pilot jacket has got neoprene inner cuffs on the inside, which make it great for guys who are constantly reaching in the water and out of the water and they don't want to get water halfway up their sleeve. Um, it also has all waterproof zippers with an internal chest pocket, two external chest pockets, and, and like I said, it, when it, you're out kayaking on a hot day and you're, you don't want to be sweating, and but you want to be ready for the rain, Frog Togs is great to stuff in that little compartment in your boat and know it's there when you need it and it's not going to make you sweat like a 
PVC suit would and it's all going to breathe and it hits a good price point for most everybody out there. I got the range here, but this uh, this this pilot one, what's the, the price point on this? Because this is like a really nice shell and the neoprene cuffs. Uh, I could really see that because, you know, when you're in the kayak, we're reaching down in the water, out of the water, and having that neoprene cuff, particularly with the colder water, uh, would be great. What's, what's uh, You're looking at about 139 for the jacket, and then we also have a set of bibs um, that are 129 and we this year we was the first year we came out with a pant for the guys who don't want to wear a bib and that is a high-rise pant so it's not going to creep down on you when you're sitting in a boat um, and that's going to be 109 okay um, and and that's a very good material and we also have all of our breathable waders for guys who are in and out of the water or they're dragging their feet in the water and they don't want to they want to wear a water shoe and not have to worry about a bib or a pant. They just want to wear a cheap, breathable waiter. We have the Canyon chest high waiter that retails for $79.99, um, which is a great price point for for any waiter, and and it really fits those guys who are kind of in the water, halfway in, halfway out a lot in their boats. Well, even even in the winter time, uh, kayak fishing, even if you're staying in your boat, you know nothing stays dry in a kayak, right? So yeah, you're paddling, you're constantly splashing water in. So yeah, a lot of guys do wear you know waders in the winter time. Yeah, even on the even on the kayak. So and, and everything on our is is ready to be layered up underneath. All of our, all the frog talk things you're going to find, we're not fitted real tight. We all have raglan sleeves on all of our jackets, which give you real free motion for casting um, and real and and paddling. And and I, everything can be. You can pack up the. We have an Exel fleece system, which is a water resistant uh, fleece jacket and pants that are designed to be worn under waders or under your waterproof jacket. It's a great line. I mean, everything from the you know the pilot jacket, which is a really nice jacket, uh, down to the other. I mean, the the visibility, this this bright green, definitely uh, be seen on the water. We were we were really pleased with uh, the way this color came out. It's it's very well seen. It's very high visible, and it's uh, it's something we're really excited about moving in with the high visibility in the pilot series uh, in 2015. It's our first year doing it and I think it's going to be a really great thing for us. We also have a high-vis hat, which when I talk to some of my kayak guys, they say, I want high-vis but I want it up high so I don't have to have the little flag sticking off the top of my boat. I can just have a high point. And so that gave me the idea of making the, the high-vis but putting it in a hat. And 2015 is the first year we're doing that as well. That's great. Looks good. All right, well, thank you very much. Thank you. All right, well, there we go. Uh, frog togs. So, you know, the only thing I want to point out is that they, you know, talk about the high visibility jacket. This thing was kind of like a somewhere between a chartreuse and neon green, but it was kind of muted, so it wasn't, you know, blindingly bright. With the piping that was reflective, you know, uh, having something like that out there on the water you know, no motor zone would be one thing, but other areas where, particularly here in South Florida, where boat traffic is always bad, having something that, you know, when it rains, you get into low visibility and being able to just reach down and grab this thing and just throw it on and a little extra visibility um, would be pretty nice. So, all right. Um, I think the next one we have on deck here is Fish Pond. Uh, it was one of those companies I walked by, and 
you know, they made a, a bunch of accessories. They were over with the, the fly fishing gear, but they make a variety of, of water bags and, you know, backpacks and, you know, uh, lumbar bags, different things. The material was nice. It was neat, and it was a little different than any that I had seen before, and apparently it's made out of recycled fishnets, which some irony there of, of taking old fishnets and recycling it into a material that they can weave into, um, you know, the watertight bags. So before we discuss the bags, here is Fish Pond. All right, so Fish Pond, let's... Uh kayak angling community, what uh, might be of interest to them? So, one new product this year that might be of interest is the new Westwater Roll Top Backpack. Okay. And so, obviously, roll top design means 100% waterproof. So you can carry camera gear, anything mm -hmm. like that. Um, really comfortable design. It's made from recycled fabric, and the fabric's made from recycled commercial fishing nets, which is just kind of a cool story for a fishing company anyway. That is pretty cool. Yeah. So, really nice, lightweight design. It's TPU-coated fabric and welded seams. So 100% waterproof, really nice, comfortable backpack straps, and it doesn't get in your way when you're paddling on your boat, anything like that. You're guaranteed to have some dry stuff, or you can easily strap it into your boat if you like, want. Well, just a great idea, just a roll top back, keep everything, keep everything dry, but it's also a backpack. So exactly. That's nice. And really nice, comfortable straps. Got some breathability on the back, so when you're sweating, you know, it's not going to be super uncomfortable having this fabric right up next to you. Would be uncomfortable, but with the padded padded back works out pretty well. So retails for $150. Um, some other products in the Westwater line might be great too, like uh, a lumbar pack, just for something a little bit more, a little bit smaller. You can mm -hmm. slide it around really easily, get to your equipment. We don't call these 100% waterproof just because they're not the roll top design, but it is essentially. I mean, unless you're going to submerge this in, right. in water. Let's hope that doesn't happen. Exactly. That's not the idea. But something like this might be really great for kayak anglers as well. Yeah, because a lot of guys, especially the guys that get out and fish on the flats, you know, they'll, they'll fish in their kayaks, but then they get out and wade for a little while. Yeah, so and having something like this. That'd be great to be able to separate from the kayak exactly. and still have stuff with you. Yep. Um, one thing to note on the backpack is it's compatible with any of Fish Pond's chest packs as well. So you can connect the chest pack to the front so you can have those immediately accessible items right where you need them and your larger items for later in the day, lunch, rain jacket, anything like that in the backpack. So great options okay. there. Great. Yeah. Thanks. You're welcome. Yeah, so while I, I, I know that most people are going to say that we don't care about backpacks, um, the fact that when you're moving gear back and forth in a roll top bag, you know, I know some people are doing trips, you know, they're going out for the whole day, they're going out for two or three day trips down a river, down the Indian River, um, you know, and having a roll top bag is one thing, but the fact that it's got straps that you can just turn around, flip it on your shoulders and take this roll top bag as a backpack, that's kind of neat. Now, there are a couple of companies that are beginning to do that, um, but the lumbar bag was really nice, the fact that everything's there, you can keep it and get out, so back to wanting to fly fish from a kayak, I think that yeah, definitely something to uh, to check out. Dee, yeah, I was there... I was really impressed with their six pack cooler pack. Um, it, it it seemed to be more impressive in my terms of you know getting on the water for a day and getting off the water and get back on the next day and getting off the water that kind of thing. 
um, versus a waterproofing of like a duffel bag where you want to throw a, um, you know, uh, uh, a sleeping bag or pillow or whatever in there. It, that's more of a camping gear kind of a thing. That's and and other people may think that they can make that work better for themselves. But I'm just saying, based on me, I'm I would prefer to be able to get what they have as an, uh, that six pack cooler and or you could throw a sandwich in there and you could throw you know other things, snacks and whatnot, to be uh, cool for me, my client, or whoever I'm fishing with as a separate entity for their own specific kayak to be, it's more productive for me and more easier for me to make that happen than it is for a backpack or something to strap on my back. You know, it's just, uh, a smaller version of a, a fish cooler, if you want, if you will. But you can throw your drinks, your snacks, your beer, whatever you got to throw in there. Smaller one day kind of trip kind of idea. And and I can tell you that your your, your clients do appreciate it when you when you consider keeping beer with you on the uh, the kayak towards the end of the day. That's a uh, oh much yeah, appreciated that, feature. That would be, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, um, I like it. it, it waterproof zipper. I have to say, it's. I think they tout waterproof zipper, um, uh, leak-proof zipper, and I think there's some other things that were they were saying um, hard-bottomed, water leak-proof, whatever kind of a thing, and maybe even manatee-proof, right? Well, I was going to say, if it's if it's waterproof, therefore, not only will it keep the water in without leaking, but if you put something in there that's dry, it should stay dry just in case you do happen to get near a manatee and 20-foot column of water comes crashing down on your kayak. I mean, just, it could happen. Yeah. It could happen. Yeah. Not many people know about that, Sean. So, you know, if you let that out, no, I'm kidding. Yeah, we had a situation, actually I was the person that had that situation, where I actually left all my bags open because I've, I know manatee, at least quote-unquote you think you know manatee, and up until the point that you actually walk or paddle up upon one, and if you don't have your gear closed up, you are going to get water in every itty-bitty piece of equipment, bag, whatever, um, and uh, waterproof is good. I mean, those those flipping tails, it, and not only water, but sand. I, I spent two days trying to clean out my gear from all the sand that got flipped into my kayak from that manatee that you and I both enjoyed Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry to laugh to you, but I'm, I'm first and foremost yeah. glad you're okay. But I, I <laughs> so, so to recap, we're out fishing, and I'm maybe 50 yards away, and I look over, and this huge tail comes up. The kayak rolls to the side. A huge column of water goes in the air and comes crashing down. And this tail is flipping, and I didn't think manatees could move that fast. And this thing took off for like 100 yards, just sending water 
funneling back towards D and sand and, and who knows what else. And, you know, she just wrote it out. But every, you're right, everything you had was soaked and covered in sand and, you know, the contents from the bottom of the Indian River. So, yeah, yeah so keeping something dry and, and would be nice. Yeah, it, it, it's the funny part, you know. You've been doing it for so long in terms of you don't expect these kind of things to happen, and then uh, then it happens, right? So you're not prepared. So you should always be uh, remembering that that dry box that you purchased to put your phone in and your credit cards and your keys for your truck and whatnot that thing should be closed at all times. And this bag that you're purchasing from, um, what was the last company we were just dealing with? We were with? discussing Fish Pond. Fish Pond. Yeah, Fish Pond. Um, there's uh, another dry case company that was absolutely amazing. Um, I thought, you know, just throw your iPhone in there and you're all good and you don't even need a cover for your iPhone, a waterproof cover. There's that company, and there are some awesome companies that ICAS dealing with water um, uh, protection from water. And if you don't use and abuse these products, you're going to get water in no matter what in in your gear, no matter what you do, if you don't use them. Because I had a dry box, and I didn't close it. <laughs> I got everything soaked. I have a gear bag. I didn't close it. It's waterproof. It's water-resistant, and I didn't zip it closed. So what good is it if you're not actually using it? So use it, abuse it, and listen to what your heart says. If you want to protect your product, that's what you should be buying. Protect it, use it, buy it. Well, that's a and that's a great point. It's one thing to, to have it and, and to not use it, so... You know, while I, I am guilty of not always keeping things strapped in the kayak or, you know, not having the, the rods on a leash or, you know, things like that, I do have the dry box that I keep in the back of the kayak. That's where the, you know, the wallet and the keys and that kind of stuff goes. And that's, you know, I latch it closed, put it in the back, and, you know, leave it there until I get back in. So definitely got to, definitely have to use it, so. Um, but speaking of speaking of keeping things dry, uh, it's an awesome segue into our, our next company and product we want to talk about is Drycase. So Drycase has a variety of pouches and phone cases and tablet cases that they had out there. And I know lots of people make cases for their phone, but the fact that this one was easy to use, drop it in, and it has like a little vacuum thing. You can just take all the air out, strap it on with you, still get to use the camera, still can touch the screen. Um, uh, some neat products. So let me go ahead and play uh, Dry Case. All right, here with uh, Corey and Dry Case. Yeah. Sean, so uh, Dry Case is a number of different waterproof products that are great for the uh, kayak. Angler. Um, our original, most popular product is a vacuum sealed waterproof phone case. So it fits any device. You can put your fishing license phone in there and uh, vacuum out the air. Fully functional and completely waterproof. Okay. Uh, so besides the phone case, and I see you've got like a tablet case here in the, uh, the aquarium, what, uh, 
what other products you have here? Yeah, so we also have uh, waterproof headphones, waterproof microphones. Uh, we have a Bluetooth floating waterproof speaker with a suction cup. That's our, our latest product called Dry Vibes. Uh, another great range of products we have is uh, waterproof backpacks. So we've got a 35 liter and a 20 liter waterproof backpack that has every feature uh, you'd want in a backpack, and it's also 100% waterproof. So is it like one of these uh, roll-top bags, dry case, but also a backpack? Yeah, yeah, it's got the roll-top closure, so it's, it's simple to use, but works. And then it has back support, shoulder straps, padded waist support, bottle holders, tie-downs, bungees, everything everything you could imagine. Right, sounds good. So for our listeners, how do they uh, how do they find out more about uh, Drycase? Yeah, so drycase.com is our website. We've got a dealer locator on there. Find a local dealer and uh, more information about the products as well. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, so I was actually lucky enough. The guys at Drycase uh, went ahead and gave me a sample, and we immediately put it to use. So this past weekend, we were out fishing. Uh, had my daughter. She does not have a waterproof case for her phone, it's a little Samsung, and, you know, so we, we put it in there, and of course, like every other Florida afternoon, at some point it pours and rains on you, um, so thankfully kept her uh, her phone nice and dry, and she unfortunately did get to uh, spend a lot of time using it while she was fishing, and, but uh, it kept the phone safe. You're looking for me to say something. <laughs> I, I was. Um, I was. That was the uncomfortable yeah, silence. Um, you know, I, I, I agree. Um, the, the They have different sizes and um, different reasons for their cases. Um, like there's a specific iPhone case, and then there's a larger that you could put something else in there, in, including your iPhone and blah, 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 blah. And I think that's really great. You know, I, I've been um, a person that's been using those um, uh, dry boxes that I really like them because I can put several items in there. But from the last manatee encounter, hmm, um, I'm, I have reconsidered uh, repurchasing any of those items because I mean, I've left them open, you know, and it's so easy to leave them open because you want to grab your camera or you want to grab your phone. But an item that can hold your keys and your wallet and whatnot, which is what I was, quote-unquote, I used it as my purse, uh, to be able to put it back in a, a different bag and protect it would be a lot better. I mean, I think I remember screaming to you, Oh my God! All I care about is can I open my car? Because yeah, the keys the were remote in, for your keys. Yeah, yeah, was was in there, and I have an iProof uh, i iProof uh, case for my phone, and I have a waterproof camera, but that doesn't answer other items that you might have sticking out in your bag or even in that obvious. Um, uh, protective uh, dry box, you know, uh, is that going to work? No, this is kind of like that might be the be-all, end-all to just zip it up and do that. And and I know a lot of people go, Ziploc will be fine and whatnot. Well, I will tell you, these Ziploc bags, they they don't work at all. 
I put my munchies in these Ziploc bags, and I put them in my cooler, and I have ice in the cooler. And when the day is over, after trying to pull out a drink, you know, those Ziploc bags will flip over, and all of a sudden, regardless of what they say the seal is on those, my peanuts, my chips, my whatever you put in there, the the um, multigrain bars, they're all soaking wet, and it just doesn't work. So having a really good dry seal bag is really a great thing to have. And for me, that might be a, a staple for my charger service, you know. Well, exactly, you know, because your client comes out and, you know, has a phone. If they're Especially if they're just coming out on a charter, more likely they're not, you know. They're not prepped. Exactly. You know, and having something they can throw, you know, their phone in, regardless of what model it is. Have an iPhone, great, it fits. Have a big, you know, Samsung Galaxy, great, it fits. You know, it fit all of them. So, you know, just another one of those things. So I think that, yeah, no, I think guides, I think that's another great um Great use for them. So, well, D, I think we've come to the end of all of the products we were going to discuss this evening. So, thank you very much for hanging in there and 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 going over iCast and products and discussing and 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 Gene there in the chat room. Thank you for for hanging in there. Um, before we wrap up, any uh, big plans for the weekend there, D? Oh, um. Well, um, tomorrow's a day off, yay. Uh, And Saturday I'll be doing some big badass bass fishing. I know it's out of my realm and a lot of people are going, wait, these saltwater fishes all the time. But, you know, I have a chance to do some bass fishing while I can, and I will do it and take advantage of that. So, yeah, that's my weekend, bass fishing on Saturday and um Sunday, we'll see. <laughs> How well, about you? Unfortunately, this week, uh, this weekend is going to be full of uh, domestic activities. My wife has uh, a high school reunion coming up. I won't uh, won't say which year, but uh, she has a high school reunion coming up. We're going to go to Friday and Saturday, and then uh, we have a friend's wedding to attend on Sunday. So I have a ah. feeling I won't be uh, I won't be seeing the water uh, much this weekend. So. Oh, and she calls. The water calls. <laughs> That's it. That's it. So, all right. Well, Dee, thank you very much for, for covering the show with me. And next week we'll have um, Mr. Becker and Chip and the usual suspects back on the air. But uh, we'll, we've got more interviews. We've got uh, some more kayaks and more gear to go over next week. So until then, everyone, thank you very much for uh, for joining us. All righty.